Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast. This is episode 9. I'm uh, back again with Mark, uh, my co-host. Um, and for those who don't know, I'm Graham. I should I never really say that. Um, we, You're well known. <laughs> yeah, uh, C-grade celebrity in the New Zealand shooting world, apparently. Um, or B-grade, I get told. Anyway, anyway, what pa- a terrible patient, start. Patient C. <laughs> patient C. Um, welcome back, everyone. We've just um, come out of our uh, level three lockdown here in Taranaki, which was um, about as uneventful as you can imagine. Um, we've managed to avoid getting uh, locked down for any further, so that's good. Because we're in level two. Anyway. We're in level two, Graham, not three. What, oh, were we? Oh, we were in level three. No. It's all right. You took extra precautions. That's good. Well, well done. Yeah, totally. Anyway, how did, uh, how did uh, your week uh, in level two go on the farm, Mark? Uh, pretty good. Um, it rained, which was good, and yes. you know, farmers love rain. But also, yep. I got onto quite a bit of uh, goat piece of control, so that was good. Yep, they started yep. popping up their heads again. So yeah, and basically firing the two D three. So the um, Christensen Arms one. So, and it's good. I like it a lot. Nice, nice, nice cheap ammo. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm burning through this uh, Fiocchi ammo that I got. So I've got 800 rounds to go. So. Yeah, I actually just found in my stash a little bit left over that I've got. So I'm going to give you some more. I know you're trying to get through it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we've that. actually started off. We've actually started off terribly in this episode. Um, just yarning. Uh, no, no, we were saying what I did this week. So that was what we <laughs> normally do. Now I'm offering you ammo. Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds like fun anyway. I've, uh, I haven't got out to do too much shooting with the weather and the rain and the wind, but uh, no, a little bit. I just need it velocity um, checked because at long range I was, yeah, I'm out. So something was not right. So yeah, yeah. It's close, good, um, good out to 400 metres. So. <clears throat> uh, so it's actually been two weeks since our last episode, so a little bit has happened. Yeah. Uh, Simon Gillis and I went away and competed in the first event that the southern what are they called southern long range or something uh guys lower, didn't lower north island sorry there you go lower north island long range shooting um they are open to new names also they've told me um they did their first sort of little field uh, precision style shoot went pretty good for their first time um good to get away unfortunately mark was on uh, husbandly duty so he couldn't join us um and I'm kind of glad you didn't come because it would have put me one spot further down the ladder when it comes to results. <laughs> but anyway, na- um, no, that's naive, Graham. You know that I often finish dead last after finishing all right. So first or last, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, somewhere, um, somewhere there and somewhere last. Yeah, yeah. And um, a little bit of playing around with just some two, two, three and stuff. I'm trying to conserve consumables and you know powder and projectiles at the moment. Uh, so yeah that's been another one of my missions is trying to secure a bit more of that stuff in the background so you went back down there and you took uh the six mil creedmoor yes six mil um scope it's going good uh delta swap the delta again yep so it's back on six mil six mil was shooting nice the the gun shot good performed well on the wind um yeah i just got outclassed to be honest so Um, you've exercised the demons on that one in terms of the way it shoots you're happy so yeah yeah, I'm pretty happy to be honest. Yep, it's yep. um. What yeah. were you using projectile wise? You stuck to the same load or? 
yeah, 108. I've tickled it a little bit. The 108 grain ELD match, and uh, I only had. I've only got about 100 and something left, so I managed to put out a cry for help, and I've secured another 400 odd, which should be turning up in the mail in the next couple of days. So that will see me through for a little while. Oh, you mean projectiles? Um, Sorry. Yes, sorry, projectiles. Yep. Like whether I've got the powder, but I am sort of putting my feelers out for a bit more 2209. I've got about a tub and a half, which will yep. probably do me 300 loads. But anyway, um, yeah, so get through that. But shooting the, the last of the 223 ammo I had, so now that's the 77 grain stuff um, loaded by Belmont. Uh, so now I'm, I'll start on the mission of reloading for that. So again, securing components. I wanted the 75 grain ELDM. Uh, couldn't get bugger all of them, um, next to none. Uh, so I've managed to get some of the, uh, gosh, the, the 73 grain ELDM for the 223. Um, but significantly uh, better BC with the 75. Um, you wouldn't think so, but it is. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've got anyway. But those that, those. Ballistic coefficients are still superior to the Lapua that I was using. So yeah. uh, hopefully I can um, at least replicate the results or if not, make them better. And the plus side of going to the M over the Lapua Sina is that if I have, if there's some goats a couple hundred metres or a peacock or a rabbit, uh, the M projectile is far more suited to take game at closer distances. Uh, the Sina just pencils through things. So yeah bit of a tip from what i've found with several calibers as a scene <laughs> does not perform well on game but anyway it's an open um, tip match isn't it yeah but which i is, mean some is not a hollow point it's not a hollow point. no no it's the way, yeah, the, the way and, the bullets constructed yeah yeah it's just yeah it's just not even like on a yeah don't do it um anyway anyway um so you're trying to get that all those set up and going i've, I've got a bit of powder that'll work in those and luckily the 223 doesn't use a hell of a lot um and with the ultimate goal of this load and and the two to three is to try sort of get it on with a relative degree of consistency on at a mile i think that'd be pretty cool with a little two to three um whether it's reality we don't know yet uh we did a thousand pretty easy actually with it um but again it's infinitely harder to push it out to that that 1.6k um so yeah getting that all sorted um i've also uh Got to get ammo sorted for Phoebe for the RTD shoot coming up uh, and all of that stuff too. So a bunch going on, more so in the background. Um, and then, then, then other shoot prep for RTD. I'll be getting my ammo ready. I'll just reach into the cupboard and grab a box. <laughs> well, I'm shooting Sunday, so I'm quite excited to be shooting. I've never shot a competition at RTD. Haven't you? I don't think you have either. No, I haven't. Which is a bizarre thought. But anyway... Um, We'll be doing that, which will be a lot of fun. We Sorry know. about that. There was a uh, minor emergency stock out on the road. So anyway, um, <clears throat> that's all fixed. Yes, but it'll be the first time I've shot a shoot on my place, I think, competitively. Um, obviously, I haven't done it before because I don't want an unfair advantage. But <laughs> Or as that I'm afraid of failing, probably later. Well, I, I tell you what, if, if you don't want an unfair advantage, maybe you leave the taker at home and bring the 3030 back out yes hunter class with my 450 bushmaster <laughs> yeah no in all seriousness um i am looking forward to um being able to compete in the event that uh, we've run for a few years um 
obviously we're going to move a few things around to make it happen, but it will be good. Um, we'll, both you and I will be shooting on the Sunday, um, and, and Simon will take over being match director yep. on that day for us, which would be cool. But anyway, this isn't the episode about that. We'll do something um, more than likely after it in a couple of weeks. Weather's looking um, promising anyway, so... Yeah, it is. It's looking good. And, and it's going to be, like, again, not the episode about it, but we've got a no, no. few cool stages planned um, just to add a bit of spice into the shoot. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Hopefully I can uh, get my head clear and, and shoot well for once, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, now, the main topic for this evening... Uh, I've hired... Um, Oh, Gilbert, Gilbert Anoka to give you a hand what's that he's a psychologist a psychologist sports psychologist yeah. sports psychologist yeah I think he is oh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> it's cost a fortune he's helped, um, helped the All Blacks lose several World Cups and then win a couple so. oh yeah okay cool um, as I was saying this episode mm. uh, the idea behind it is sort of um, putting together a precision rifle um, whether it be on a sort of a bit of a budget obviously it's not a cheap game you can't do it for for pennies and then maybe spending a little bit more whether it be down the line or to start with um now uh, the format of it's kind of be a bit free and loose so no doubt we'll sort of drift off left and right and uh, on what direction it goes and whether we even end up giving any sort of a idea or answer on the said topic but uh again the idea is so say you've you've been shooting the hunter class um or you just want to get into it but you do want to go and put together a purpose built setup uh maybe a few considerations on what to look for uh calibers that's that's pretty straightforward and easy nowadays but and um maybe a few accessories or optics and, and that kind of thing less so maybe specific models um i mean we will touch on it but more so um things we think will be helpful anyway um so what what are your thoughts mark we actually have actually talked recently about uh, a, a good friend of yours um uh his, his, his hunting rig is getting a little bit limited when it comes to um shooting steel at distance and he is going to compete in his first event very soon uh he is looking at doing something similar to the line of this podcast so um we've actually talked about it a bit in the past so so what do you first of all what are your thoughts on the uh on the topic yeah, well, that was sort of the partly the genesis of it was um, he obviously wants a budget build um, of you know what's the uh, I suppose yeah what was the question was maybe what's how much is the cheapest sort of um, <laughs> yeah. competitive looking rifle you can do so I was like oh yeah probably around this or that and you start going down that rabbit hole and think oh, okay where do you fit in and where where's your money well well spent and everyone will say probably the optic anyway but um <clears throat> we shall see there's a lot of very good scopes now even in the getting below a thousand bucks mark that'll be fine for a starter rifle type of thing so hmm. yep um well, one thing we like to try and do like me and mark we play with a lot of different gear and, and buy a lot ourselves but is not just get the super high-end stuff because it's not always um, realistic for a lot of shooters right so um, yeah like you said the idea is to go we'll talk about the lower end I'm not going to say low end the more the budget conscious stuff and then maybe a little bit more of the expensive stuff that we've played with um, so so what was what was he thinking Mark uh, does he want chassis does he want a stock does he want a crossover what yeah. does he want to do 
So I was sort of going down the route of towards maybe a Howler barrel in action because mm-hmm. um, they basically sell them without stocks and anything. So that's a cheap way to get in. There may be like an Oryx chassis perhaps. Um, okay, yep. Or something like that. I mean, they're what, probably one of the most common all-in-one chassis you can get, I suppose. Yeah, they're a, they're a single piece, aren't they? Yeah, so, um, yeah. It's one. You don't have to buy a stock separate. Right. Like, like yeah. it can surprise you when you buy an MDT, which has happened yeah. to both of us. That's all I'm know. getting. Oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. But at the front's yeah. missing and the back. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Because like say, you can go out and fork out, you know, a couple grand on an MDT. Yeah. Um, whereas an, an Oryx made, which Oryx is a... a a, the parent company for that is MDT, but it's their budget-conscious option. But that, that Oryx will probably do a pretty good job for you. Um, not as many adjustable features, but uh, whether you necessarily need that to start with um, or can take advantage of it, um, who knows. But uh, I, I have several Oryxes. Um, yeah, not a bad chassis for the for that price range, that's for sure. Yeah. And you can get different coloured um side panels for them if you want to sort of um, tart it up or um you know make it so that they don't look all the same but yeah that's, that's not a bad choice so howler i mean you hear us i me especially half on about how's all the time i, I shoot howler uh, the majority of things but um what is he thinking for an optic what, what sort of route are you looking at there yeah well then i was looking at um you can get already set up howler stainless steel GRS twenty four inch barrel, you know, sort of eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Then um, you've got your couple of different GRS options, and you've got an even an MDT one. It's only a hundred bucks more at nineteen hundred. Yeah. How fifteen hundred? So optic. I hadn't gone down that far. I was thinking, in his case, maybe a Strike Eagle, mm-hmm. five to yep. twenty five. Um, Good option. Comes with the zero stop. Yeah. Yep. Correct. And bigger tube a bit more travel um i don't know i suppose it's the yeah the, the largest main tube budget scope you can get for yeah i mean that, that's, that's right in there with the with yeah. the element um yeah. titan and, and the yeah i think the opta do one and a 34 I, could, I might be wrong there i mean i'm more familiar um, with strike eagles and vortex so yeah i not i yeah all i know about elements element is that it's you know the periodic table but um yeah so i i'm yet to use one so i'm sort of a wee bit yeah i'd have to actually i prefer stuff i've tried and i've tried yeah. you know the 5 to 25 stroke heels and various other ones me opta optica six ones they're all right yeah. too there's a 5 to 25 i think that'll set you back 1700 maybe okay pushing it i think yeah um, so, so one of the things to consider with um, putting together a rifle in this uh, this sort of price range, the sort of sub, say, $2,500 for the whole setup, is um, what magazines you can run. Now, um, I personally like the uh, AI-style mags. They're still called ac- accurate mags, AI-style mags, but um majority of what you see here in New Zealand are just uh, manufactured by MDT. Um, so half a dozen people make them around the world, uh, but it's to a spec. So the idea being you can um, buy these things relatively easy and you don't have to buy a boutique magazine uh, for your certain setup. 
Um, so if you can get a system that runs um, MDT, sorry, or AI style mags from the get-go, that's definitely a huge advantage. Now, for nearly, for most common um, rifle manufacturers, there's generally conversion kits too, to uh, allow them to take these style of mags. Um, but one thing to consider there is sometimes it requires some inletting in the stock be it with a file or dremel or if you're a bit more handy you get about a mill and make it real tidy but not particularly hard to get going um, but if, if you're wanting to shoot competition having those 10 round detachable mags is uh, invaluable but then again it's also not a game stopper too so i recently competed at howtapu on the, the second day uh, with the 223 and that has the five round internal box mag so Yes, it cost me a little bit of time here and there when I had to load another five uh, cartridges into the firearm and and not just being able to whip a mag out and put a new one in. But yeah, I managed, but uh, I would have preferred to be able to just have a 10-rounder to start with or, or quickly change out a mag. So something to think about, um, some options. I think some of like the Brownings, uh, they make some pretty nice rifles. They do like a couple long-range specific models with... Um, uh, sort of crossover style stocks with a 90 degree pistol grip yeah but i'm not from what i can see of them i've only looked at them i haven't shot the, those particular models um they just have a standard um browning rotary mag which isn't my favorite magazine system um i can find I, yeah and now i had one in a seven mil mag and it kind of fed pretty good but the last round would generally take a little bit of finesse but um i've had no and they're definitely mine. But they're definitely not a fast magazine to load either. No. Um, as you know, Mark. Um, but yeah, so that, that's another sort of option you can go down. And then that can, we've talked about it before, but they can cross over quite well into a hunting role. I also, wouldn't call them a bad, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably fine magazine. I haven't had a problem, really. Yeah, for their intended use. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Now, I um, think, so I was running, mine was a long action. Yeah. Just so that bigger, longer, fatter cartridge. Yeah. It was okay, it just wasn't, perfect i should say um but like you say you've got yours is in six five creedmoor yes yeah, yeah and and so that yeah like you say that feeds well does it hold five or six mm, now it's four i think okay yeah so again you, if you use these these sort of firearms in the uh the competition type field shooting or, or practical PROC style shooting that will hamper you a little bit and I don't imagine spear mags are overly cheap but i could be wrong i haven't I haven't looked that up no but as i said having that magazine consideration like like you're talking about um with the oryx great option um straight off the bat and the mags are like a hundred bucks you know and they're not hard to get your hands on so yeah um, having two or three is always a good good thing at a comp just in case you lose one or you, gotta, mm, you know yeah i mean i was just gonna question on that because i ended up getting three mags with my latest one but i really only used one and in the competition i only used one and i just left the other two doing nothing sort of thing so there was no yep. probably the classroom there was no unlimited round count stuff or anything so um that makes a difference yeah and even my tika one the extra one i've got i haven't really used that either it's probably just good to know you got a backup i suppose but yeah i mean you have uh, some some stages in competition that'll um be like you say an unlimited and it might be a, <coughs> a know your limits or a learn your limits or something yeah where you might put 20 20 25 rounds down range i mean it's going to cook your barrel but people do it um 
I've certainly done it. So yeah, just having them, um, having them there. I, I've found it useful in the past, um, but luckily that is hard on your gun. But I yeah. mean, they're there to be shot, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that uh, magazines. That's that's my thoughts on mags. Um, I prefer an external detachable mag rather than the uh, internal box mag. That's for sure. Well, to me, that's a key consideration for. A, I don't know. We're talking a budget build for someone, or whatever. Yeah, you know, this the lower end one. Um, it's got to feed well and cycle well, and not have any issues really. So, yeah, I don't want some half baked solution. I don't know. I'm not that keen on bending feed lips and pissing around. So I'm just saying, for if this was for someone starting out, I just want it to go well. Yep. And not have a half-assed magazine solution baked into it, you know. Where you... Yep. No, agreed. Agreed. For, you know, you could have a super accurate rifle, but if you can't feed the bloody thing um, with any haste in these types of competitive roles, yeah, it's going to let you down. Yeah, that's the 24 yeah. Valkyrie. I would never even use it in, in a comp because the mag sucks and it feeds yeah. terribly. The, so. which, which is a shame because that'd be quite a cool... Exactly, um, it would be. ...medium range, like the the, the Sunday at Howtuppy would have been wicked with that. Yeah. Um, and practical and, and it shoots really accurately and it's great but yeah. it's just so uh, what is it finicky basically yeah yeah we should do a conversion to MDT mags on that it'd be great I think so yeah it's really yeah. a tiny anyway. solution anyway right I do like I do yeah so then bipod, so, bipods everyone's got a Harris so you can just use what you've got already yes so with Harris um, yeah I'd stay in that if I was considering cost to be quite important to how much i could spend and familiarity um yeah easy quick um but either buy a real harris or buy a if you're gonna buy a knockoff because there's no, billion don't. Of them, buy a don't. good knockoff yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's hard but like buffalo river ones and the um bloody all those that i've not had any luck over the years they just wriggle now whatever harris you happen to get get a podlock which um allows you to adjust the cant and lock it in yeah. so if you've got a super loose bipod, which is unbelievably common with hunters, when you shoot, your rifle will move either left or right, depending which side you're pressing on more. And it will open up your groups. It will cause you to miss at distance. Um, you know, get that bipod locked up tight and um, it will improve your shooting. But yeah, that's an easy one. And, and the sort of the, the, the cheaper side of things, stick with a good Harris. Uh, the longer leg, the 9 to 13. Would be my choice. I yeah. think it's nine to thirteen. Um, short ones uh, go go a bit longer. Um, this whole shoot as low to the ground as you can bullshit. It's not. It's not real world. It doesn't help you. Um, snipers sometimes do it because people shoot back at them, but no one's shooting back at you. Um, you know, <laughs> so don't know. get too panicked about being super low to the ground. No. And, and also another consideration on shooting really low to the ground is people they get so low. They're uncomfortable. They're twisting their body up, but they're also compressing their chest. So your your breathing's buggered, right? Because your chest is all squished in. If you get yourself up just a little bit higher, comfier, you can breathe easier. You're going to impart less um, movement on the rifle. Um, so yeah, get that longer bipod leg, uh, and I think it will help. And, and generally, because like we, being that this is um, practical style field shooting, you know, we shoot out a scrub and it might be long grass and crap. Um, it's not a manicured range, so no. That was my other you point. Might... Up or downhill, so you might as well have longer. It's yeah, more flexibility yeah. regardless. Either way, if exactly. you're going up or down, so 
Yeah. And, and don't forget that you can make those legs longer, you know, when you when you get down in position, um, take advantage of the adjustability of bipods. So, so yeah, bipods in the lower budget range, definitely go with a Harris. Um, and But also go one with the notched legs. Don't go the, the older style. I, I mean, it's tempting because they're cheaper, but the one that you have to twist the little lock and manually lock the leg at your chosen height. <laughs> Those are a prick of a thing. They're hard to adjust on the fly. Um, just avoid them if you can. No, any, um, any, I mean, if it's all you got, any, yeah. it's all you got. Yeah. But. Any of the ones that are tension lock, like yeah. a, um, a walking stick, you know, walking stick or something like that, they're not good because they're very hard to adjust when you're lying down. So same. Yeah. yeah. And if you do have to put a bit of pressure on them, they can slip when you load the bipod. The, the oh, they always, can, they always uh, do. Retract. They will. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Tip of the day: Don't use those bloody bipods. But anyway, anyway. Um. So other considerations when when a putting backpack? these things together. A backpack for, as an over a bipod. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you yes bu- and no. If you get even more budget. Yes and no because. Why I, I'll say yes. Uh, the beauty of a bipod, is, uh, a backpack is <clears throat> when you're shooting off a bipod, a lot of people will. Uh, Simon gave me a big lesson in this the other day. So they'll they'll point their, their gun at the target where they think the target is and they'll be significantly off target. So they'll twist and realign at the target, but they won't have um, shifted their bipod in the correct direction. So they'll be twisting the bipod. So it'll let you twist. One leg will go forward, one will go back. Yeah. But what that's doing is it's, there's a huge twist in that bipod, and so when you when you shoot, it's going to hop and try to go back in that direction. Yeah. So even if you 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 think you've got a good natural point aim, and it's still that's going to be fighting you. Um, so a backpack won't do that, right? A backpack it'll just it's a freaking backpack. So yes, that could be an advantage. But w- now where I say no is uh, so obviously our comp at comps. Uh, run in parallel with GPRE's rules and for the most part class rules I shouldn't say class rules <laughs> the classes the, the the specific rules for each classes now hunter class and practical class do not allow the use of a backpack now we've had a bunch of questions about this and I imagine Simon has too because uh, people hunt with their backpack but the issue that was arising um, was people bringing larger and larger backpacks uh, with Alice frames and them so they end up having you know a backpack that sits dead upright with a big aluminium frame in it that's intended for carrying military equipment or whole deer and they then have an extremely stable rest to use uh, on stages where the intent was for it to be a bit harder so unfortunately at this point in time there's no backpacks in the hunter class just because of the it was becoming gamed um maybe they'll come back maybe we can come up with a a, a ruling kind of like we do with rear bags you know there's a sort of rough size uh, no internal frames but at this stage it's it's no backpack okay Thoughts, Mark? <laughs> no no that's i was just asking and <clears throat> mainly because around that if your budget's oh yeah if you don't want to even use a bipod and often some shooters have probably shot many off packs in the past so that's what you're familiar yes. with so yes. but you come to a rules problem so all right looking at the budget of two and a half then we really have to go lower end in scopes so are we talking like a vortex diamondback or something yeah uh yeah, i so i've got a vortex diamondback tactical the um six to 24 
Yeah, so it's the one with the sort of um, it's, it's tactical style turrets, yeah. um, side parallax. Uh, for, this one I've got is first focal plane and in mill, which is nice. It's it's an okay scope, but the, uh, I say okay. Now the big letdown is it's got no zero stop. Yeah, we can't um, afford it though, Greg. So that's it. I, I know, I know, I know. So you've really got to be on your game if you're going to go with say this or the Cytron or similar, because they don't have a zero stop. Now, now the sight. I just mentioned the Cytron. So, uh, yeah. Now, one thing to remember: the the Vortex Diamondback Tactical and the Cytron um, uh, STAC, they're getting on now. They're older scopes. They've been around for yeah. five or six years. Um, so there may be newer gens coming out in the Cytron. I, I, I might not just be up to scratch with that. But the advantage I see of the Cytron over the the Vortex is that. You can actually, if you're handy, or you've got a friend who's handy on a, on a lathe, because the turret, as you rotate it, it goes it goes up. So what you can actually do is machine a little um, ring that slips over the um, the base of the turret, and then the, the bit you twist slips over that. It's hard to explain through a microphone, but you can make a backcountry zero stop for the Cytron, um, whereas not with the Diamondback, tactical i don't think you can someone smarter than me may be able to um so out of those two i'm gonna pick the cytron um now the cytron has i guess you call them a semi-tactical turret they're capped but you can remove the cap and it has a, a pretty well usable um turret but again it's it's freaking old school to be honest um and then the other option in the class of that um sort of $800 range optic 750 whatever it is is the element um, helix um, which is not a bad option that trumps those two but it is significantly newer also so um, and I, I'm, I'm testing one at the moment I haven't quite finished but there will be a full review on the uh, website coming up in the next hopefully when it launches in about a month um, there'll be a full reviews but uh, other than that you, you don't have a lot of options uh, for a optic that'll, you know, do this kind of thing. Um, now I should mention you could use a BDC reticle. Yeah. Uh, but if you're if you're shooting out to a K, that's going to become really difficult. So you really want something that's got um. Would most of these options are minutes of angle. Some have mil, but you really want something that can sort of you've got like forty minutes of angle up your sleeve. And usable elevation um so if you've got to shoot your 6.5 or your 308 out to a k or 900 meters or whatever you can dial it on comfortably um so, so that's something else to consider when choosing one of these scopes now i imagine i'm missing several options in this uh bushnell bushnell they do the engage yeah which is in similar yes uh not bad no zero stop no but but yes, you're correct and slotted in there with the vortex. Six uh, to eighteen, got, sort of, you know. Yep, it's got better turrets than bucks. the Cytron. Um, yeah, but again, that zero stop, and I don't think there's a way to retrofit that I know of. Um, uh, so that hampers it a little bit. But yeah, so there is a few options, like you say, and one thing to consider if you are playing around in a budget is keep an eye on Trade Me. You know, guys, um, move optics on and 
and that kind of thing. So you might be able to pick up something that's out of your price range, but it's all of a sudden in your price range because um, someone needs to make a quick buck, and um, you know their loss is your gain. But so you, so we've settled on sort of those kind of optics. Yeah. Because um, I'm going to come out and say it. If you if you're doing, look, let, let, let's go past the hunter class. You're shooting open or practical. You really want that um that tactical style turret to um adjust your uh your elevation on your scope um i i wouldn't i'm gonna call it i'm not gonna call it a must but it's a really you should have um it's definitely gonna make your life a lot easier and one thing to also avoid with the um, engaged scopes is some of them come in uh one eighth moa adjustments i had a, a good friend of mine come out to the range and i i unknowingly looked at it seen how many increments there was and assumed it was mill uh, but in fact it was minute of angle just instead of being quarter minute clicks it was eighth minute um and it yeah oh, oh, it was a nightmare to be honest but um so if you're shooting this type of comps in the f field or, or, or precision eighth moa i've found to be um and also scotty found to be uh, more of a hindrance than a help um yeah yeah, that's any other scopes you can think of, Mark? Oh, there's a few out there. Um, you can get some cheaper Minox ones, Minox, whatever they call them. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any experience with those. So no, I've got really one on BDC one, so it's got pretty good glass in that. But. Is that the 35mm tube one? Or am I thinking of something else? No, no, that's okay. the um, 1-10 to power scope, yep. which is the... Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Vortex, Burris, XTRs. But it's not that common here, some of them. Um, see, if our budget was three grand, it'd be problem solved. Grand, <laughs> oh, hey, and that, that's the thing, like, I mean, that, that pushes everything into that sort of $1,500 range. Bing, yeah. Uh, thereabouts. Um so yeah but i mean that could be another uh, another thing we can talk about real quick i mean uh like you said that opens up a huge array of optics for you now um and, and you're getting more of the like the sort of semi-tactical style stuff with um first focal plane uh available in moa and mrad um you know if you, you you sort of into the more modern way of doing things um and it's metrics so it's a lot easier for a new shooter to understand yeah um, in my opinion uh, so like we said, you've got the Vortex, um, uh, the new Strike Eagle, uh, 6 to 24, uh, but 50. You've got the Meopta, um, you've got the Element Optics Titan. What else you got? You've got stacks of stuff. Bushnell Forge. Bushnell Forge, yep. Forge is good. I've been using the Forge. Not a bad scope for the money. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not nothing crazy, but it's good. It's just plain and good. Basic reticle. Um, easy to dial, easy zero stop, um, and I've, I've touched on this before, but I'm not interested in a scope with an overly complicated zero stop anymore, like the um, <laughs> the Vortex Viper PST Gen Two. Like it works, but it sucks to change um, it. To, yeah, yeah, just to set up, it's a nightmare. Um, so you know, being able to keep it simple, there's a lot of options in this class, um, and you're getting some pretty good value for money now too in that sort of um, fifteen hundred dollar range. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're we're sort of 
for sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred bucks, you can get yourself a a rifle with a heavy barrel, good action, and um, it's going to have a a reasonable chassis type stock on it of some sort, whether it be a hybrid looking one like a GRS type thing or a um, Oryx MDT type one. So then, yeah, scopes. You sort of got to be in that range of twelve hundred thousand dollars to fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred sort of thing. I, I have, I did forget about one. Um, it's now they're relatively new to New Zealand. They're, again, most of the stuff in this price range is going to be made in China. But but Scotty's got one of these. He got one of the Gen ones. It's the Arkan Optics. Um, they do. Oh yeah. Second stage four, isn't it? Um, now the the Gen Two is slightly cheaper again, so it's it's nine hundred and fifty bucks, uh, six twenty four over fifty. Yeah. Uh, the first local plane you can get them in Mill or MOA. Uh, they've got like a Christmas tree style reticle, so if you you know you can learn to use those, really handy for wind. Uh, Sounds like a paid paid, paid advertisement, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I haven't been sent one, oh. but yeah, I, I, to be Can honest, I, I would I would consider buying one. Um, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind testing one out. I might just annoy Scotty and borrow his one. It's a far cheaper way of making. Well, that's that's where we are though. Is that um, the floor is pushing lower for features um, and quality of glass. So, you know, getting towards a thousand dollars, you're not really getting a pile of crap, are you? So that's the thing. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, compared to like, you know, what you'd pay say ten years ago for a high end optic. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, and, and I mean, these guys who just want super high end and they won't even look at other stuff, but uh, that's up to them. Yeah. Um, another one here, I've got no experience with them. It's just popped up on my computer, but um, there's a few uh, options from Nikon. Uh, I don't even know if they're still making tactical They've got scopes, it out. Okay, so don't buy the Nikon. Well, no, you can buy it, but <laughs> I, from what I've read, and this is a while ago, they're out of scopes. So yeah. What do you yeah. buy and now I, is what's left. I also think that Nico Sterling... Yeah, it is a shame they look quite nice but I've not used one now Nico Sterling do a couple options maybe in that sub $1,000 range too I don't have any experience with them Next. I probably sh- should oh well hey you don't you know that used to be a real good scope brand back in the day but what uh, but from what I've been told so it's um, back on. when um, someone, someone threatened to cut off your internet Graham <laughs> <laughs> but I mean they, they do a couple with um, they come with different turrets made for different cartridges and stuff so I haven't used one, so take it with a grain of salt. But you don't, maybe I'll get one. In you just don't end up like Australia with the Chinese, do you? Graham? Is that what you're saying? No, I can't have them. Yeah, they'll um, yeah, they'll stop buying our milk. True. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, we've, we've, we've sort of uh, beat scopes to death in, in yep. that price range, but there is definitely plenty now. So we've gone over sort of um, chassis, and we talked a little bit about the power. Uh, now you don't just. This is the thing too. You you don't have to turn up with a chassis gun. You can turn up with, you know, a Tika T3 or a T3X. CTR. Which sort of, uh, with CTR, they, uh, when we're talking in this lower end, we sort of blow the budget a bit with the CTR. I know, um, but this will, you know, shoot open sights. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can put a red dot on. No, even that's too expensive. No, that's too dear. But, um, you know, so like you say, uh, or a, so Bagara... Um, they do their um, the B14, the more hunting orientated ones, but they've got really good stocks. Yeah. Now you don't have the 90 degree pistol grip, but you don't have to have it, right? No. Nah. 
Um, so Stupid. get that. So maybe spend a little bit less on the rifle and the chassis, and, and put that money into getting that um, that optic that's more than a thousand dollars. You know. Yeah. Um, not forgetting that you have to add a, a rail on because they don't come with that for some stupid reason nowadays. You have to buy them separately. Um, they've got a really good trigger uh, with the, the Tigers and the Bagaras. Um, yeah, and they come threaded, most of these options too. So a, a, a sort of normal, modern hunting gun made within the last 10 years, They ideally in a short action cartridge, Yeah, um, is very usable. So don't panic. I mean... I have an issue sometimes I'll look back through what um, content I'm putting out and it'll just all be really expensive guns and I'll think man I need to put some sort of more real life stuff out there um, because you know just to yeah it's, it's not realistic for everyone so it's a BSA 22 something like that <laughs> yeah sure yeah. But, but you know what I mean like you yeah. just a, yeah. a plain Jane Howe with a light barrel well, or a, we've done the a bargain. Tika 223 we've done know? the bargain been to death so let's, let's move up to yeah well what yeah and then so go from the lava to the honda accord we're going to the honda accord okay so if you if you've got a bit more money to spend yeah now, then you can start getting a bit more fruit um five grand was there for, let's say okay so let's say five because on our, our, which, bu- our budget gun we haven't got rings or a can so that's fine we'll just go we'll sticky tape it on yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah um just on rings then i mean for a start off just you know you can go with some Put it this way, as long as they've got at least four locking screws, not just two sort of thing, on the uh, the rings themselves, it's a good start, put it that way in my mind. But anyway. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, 100%. And, and that can sort of factor in how much recall the rifle has too, to, to what sort of um, yeah. rings. I, I'm a fan of reasonable quality rings. Um, I've got a set of MDT. I think they're the Elites here sitting in front of me. They're, um, <laughs> they are fancy. but um, So this obviously would not be in your budget option. Um well, we're talking about them, yeah, in the in that high end range. Um, you've got the um, like the MDTs. Uh, they do sort of uh, a high quality. I don't know what you call them, but they're like a mid range ring. But then you can step up to these elites and stuff. They also do a single piece mount. They're very nice. Spur. Um, spur. Used. I have by been looking at buying a spur for the last. Used by more 10. PRS shooters than any other rings. Yeah. Now this is the thing though. You don't think you have to like. Okay, you buy a nice scope, sweet. You don't have to buy a spur. Like I really want one. They're really <laughs> nice, but you don't have to spend like seven hundred dollars straight away, man. Like, but it's got the. Big, but they are big, cool. Big writing. It's, oh my god! You've got a spur, Graham. You've, yeah. You've yeah. arrived. I, I do. I honest to God do want to put a spur on my competition gun. Can we explain what these are? They're probably what they're a mono. They're yeah, single piece yeah, mount. Single piece mount. Um, yep. The, the, now what they, I think that are they made in Europe? I think they are made in Sweden or something. Now they are. There are some advantages to them. Now, they offer like models direct fit for Tika, so you can buy one. So you don't have to put a 20 minute rail on. You can buy your spur yeah. and your chosen tube size. Now yeah. they do 34, 35, all the, the tiny variances that some manufacturers put in. Um, but you buy the spur, it's got 20 minutes or 30 minutes of angle built into it. it bolts direct to your gun. So you're not um, stacking up heaps of components that could potentially come loose. Um, yeah, they are rock solid. I know that much. But again, I don't own one. I don't have one. But... No. It's no secret that they're, the, they're up there with some of the best you can get. Now, MDT do a single piece mount. Um, from again, I haven't owned one, but I've used one a little bit on, on some sort of um, some friends' guns. They are pretty nice pieces of kit, but 
coming back away from those single piece mounts, the a high quality set of of um, conventional style, you know, two piece yeah. will work fine, um, as long as your rail is obviously flat and straight, and that the rings are high quality. Um, you can check that they are if you've got a, a alignment bar, and um, you can check how parallel and um, that the heights are the same. Because uh, if you do have a um, discrepancy in, in where each ring is sitting, um, when you when you torque it up, it will um, potentially twist your scope. So the, like now a, the cheap sound like a fearmonger, Graham. Like <laughs> the, no, the, so the, the cheap rings uh, that you see on Trade Me for uh, twenty thirty dollars. Who but, buys? Who would? Oh, no, anyway, I know. No, I think they. I think I guess they're intended for airsoft and that kind of thing. Now, most of those are actually what's called an extrusion. So it's literally aluminium that's squirted out of a hole in the shape of a ring. Nice. And they just slice them off like sausage rolls. So, you know, you, yeah, so it's just cut off and then they just, um, they get drilled and tapped by a robot, I imagine. But they are not what you need. Yeah. Um, now, for an air gun, it'll probably be fine. But just buy some MDT or some loophole rings. Um, Warn, make a good steel ring. Yeah. The, yeah, we've, we've, uh, they're, they're a favourite um, for us. They've, um, they're, there's another option. So if you do buy a cant, you can alter the cant. Yes. Yeah, so if you now if if you buy a TK, either a CTR or a TK one, TK one, they come with a rail. You're like, oh, that's fantastic. It's flat. Wicked. It's flat. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't know whether this is because the Europeans just um take ten years to do anything, but that the rest of the world does, but. So what you need to do then is either remove it, which I am under the impression that it is extremely hard to remove. I believe they're epoxied on or they've got some sort of... It's um, quite hard. Seal. Yeah, it's not... Yeah. It's not yeah, you'd, yeah, so you've got to sort of half chisel the buggers you off. You can make a mess a doing it. Yes, so, you know, not not a great, great idea for a beginner. Um, so, yeah, Burst XTR rings. Now, you can put up to 40 minutes of angle of cant into them. Yeah. Comes with a little chart on how to do it. Pretty straightforward. Uh, and now this is something i could mention too and they have polymer inserts so they actually grip the scope quite nicely and i yes and that can and that can also aid with poorly aligned rings as well um what you have done is taken advantage of the adjustment in the rings and used it to near zero out your rifle because your scope doesn't have a zero stop correct Correct. so it's only got four clicks and it's mm. bottomed out yeah, so so there is you can use it here to use a, an optic that doesn't have a zero stop so no that's what i was going to mention that earlier it's a good idea mm. great idea it's great. a very good idea well done. um also like i said if you get a zero moa you could put the, the previously mentioned spur all right or uh or similar but so, so yeah don't cheap out on rings bottom man. line is um, if you're spending less than 100 bucks on rings you're probably buying junk correct yep and yep, that's have, good if it's closer to 200 it's probably all right and if it's well yep. over that you're in the you're off and running. It's pretty bougie, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we've talked about rings. You've got your spur rings, that's your 5k budget gone. So, <laughs> only like seven, 700 oh, bucks. Okay. <laughs> um, now, can we talk about rifles? Yes. Obviously, so yeah, you having that 4k budget. Five. 5k budget. So, you, that puts you in that sort of what I'll be thinking that, that two right grand, um, two and a half grand yep. setup. Uh, I know you. Sorry. You would be impartial to just buying a Tika Tech A1 because you have no imagination. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so you've got. I'll leave it up to the manufacturer, what, all right? Yes, yes. Mark doesn't trust me to put guns together. He likes 
to the shop to do it. No. Um, it's going to blow up in my face. <laughs> no, sorry, um, that doesn't happen. But So now you can get the sort of the combos, right? Um, so we talked about earlier selecting chassis and stuff, but there's a bunch that come pre-done. you got the, again, Bagara, yeah. HMR, or the... Um, uh, I can't remember the, the name of it, but they, they do an option in a chassis also that's about three four hundred dollars more, about twenty two hundred twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the vast offerings from Howler they do them and your Jerry's uh, MDT stuff they do some KRG options. So there's all of that. They run in around the two grand mark, um, and they a lot of the time they come with a magazine, which is a big plus. It saves you a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, oh man what else again Tika CTR great option really really good option accurate the stocks so so it's good but it's not my style but it will get you shooting I believe it's got an adjustable cheek rest yeah. from factory um, so again and then really the world's your oyster here now I'm not talking going to a custom action custom no. barrel but, no. but what you can get yeah. from your local retailer yeah uh, um, I mean going customs a whole other can of worms isn't it Yes, that's, that's our, sure. our next uh, segment. Wasting money. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, so you get your CTR. This is me just off the shelf. And then I buy my Delta Striker for 2.6. And bang, mm-hmm. there's my five grand. Done. See you later. Yeah. Delta Striker is a little bit more than 2.6. I've seen mine for 2.6. Oh, we'll buy that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, you're right. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you then just, your optic of choice. Again, you're going to have to stick to a certain. Uh, price range on the optic yeah ideally maybe a couple of grand two grand to a couple um a little bit more um but then it also so that brings you up uh you like say delta strikers um the vortex viper pst gen 2 but that is getting a little bit aged now yeah um the the um shit as i'm mumbling the uh vortex razor um again that's probably up just over three grand so but yeah it depends if I mean, we're not going to stick to that exact five grand. No, no, yeah, it's the Athlon, the Athlon um, Ares BTR Gen 2 that I got. That, yeah, that, that would be more appropriate. It's a yeah. couple of grand. It was, I think they're a bit more than that now. They've gone up a bit. But um, yeah, yeah. it's a five to four point something to 27. So Yep. Now, you could also, in this price range, uh, now I find they're getting well outdated, but they're reliable scopes. The, the Night Force SHV oh, yeah. is sort of their, um, their sort of hunting version. But... Bulletproof. Uh, I just find that the turrets and the reticle were getting a little bit on, um, but it won't let you down. No, that's for sure. Um, second hand. Yeah, no. There, there's, there's the option, so you could get a second hand um, Nightforce N8 NXS. Yeah. N8 NXS NXS. Uh, I think the the brand new retail on them's absurd. They're not worth that much money, but if you can pick one up second hand for a couple of grand, now we're talking. You know. Yeah. Um, again, and you, and you know they've well, they're a pretty strong build, so. They're yeah, probably going to be fine. Yeah, there is a yeah. As everyone knows, someone hit a nail and was one, but <laughs> yeah. no one's done that on my gun range. No, no, the nail no. is still sitting on top of the post. It's a lot uh, of emails about how many how they fell apart. But anyway, that's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But there, so again, you've got those uh, those second hand night force options or, or some of their um, more yep. more entry level models. Um, the LHT Vortex Light Hunting Tactical. Yes. Yeah, it, it could. I mean, this this um, that would probably what we talked about before in our, met, in our crossover episode. I think we talk about it in every episode. Are, are we hoping they listen and send us one? I hope so. I'll send them a letter. <laughs> um, again, like I, I mentioned to Mark off off air before, uh, a friend of mine is hopefully buying one, and we'll be able to punch it for a bit of a yeah. play because um, we've been quite excited about that scope for about a year now. Um, 
especially in that that cross, crossover space now we will revisit crossovers in the next few months um so hopefully we'll have some more to talk about it then so but yeah so, so your then, world's your oyster when it comes to scopes um, okay. so, like you've got a lot of options but um one thing we didn't talk about before is sarco s20s oh yeah that's a good that's a good one uh, we, again we talked about the crossover but they do have that option of the precision stock correct um 10 round mags yeah. i think they're about 2800 bucks correct grand. yep so yeah that as well within your budget um you don't have to bugger around order a bunch of parts job get done the magazines it's yeah just bolt a scope on it and go no fluffing um, around no fluffing around so yeah that's that's another good option now i, don't, I haven't shot one uh, now simon did shoot one and he, re- he he said to me that it was quite good so um <laughs> you know that's pretty good from simon yeah well, that's i'm trying to work out what grade that is it's not yeah, that bad yeah he likes sarcos though he does he's a sarco guy but um hopefully i'll i wouldn't mind getting one of those but um whether it be my pick for we shall find one and try it we shall yeah so another good option but like i said pretty much you can get most things now in this range what's available from shops yep um and that's just what accessories you put on now another thing because the idea more is considering what will work work rather than just how much money we can spend uh-huh. uh, is the suppressor or muzzle brake um most of us are trending back towards i shouldn't say most of us a lot of us are sort of heading back towards using suppressors after using brakes for a while in competition anyway um i find it just makes my day a lot more pleasant and if you're in a squad that's all suppressed it's definitely a lot easier going um and i mean if yeah your muzzle brake's not going to be as effective as like a terminator Sorry, your suppressor's not to be as effective as, say, a Terminator brake. But a lot of us are also trending to um, lighter weight bullets, be it in the 6mm or even some guys running lighter weight bullets in the 6.5s. So the recoil isn't bad to begin with. So a good suppressor, be it a Aim Sport or Sonic or DP2 or Hardy or, or the, the half a dozen others made in New Zealand. Um, what about the suppressor rustle bike? I haven't... I've, I saw shot one. one once yeah yeah was it dirk's for one? people who can't decide yeah no i see this is i actually think there's something very interesting with that will happen like as in it's yeah it's that best of both worlds so I, the one i shot was a I, I don't know the brand it was it was a south african made unit uh-huh. that 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 a friend of mine bought in south africa and bought back um when coming home from a, a trip uh so uh yeah it's very cool uh, it's a muzzle forward option the brake itself on the end of the suppressor you can time it so obviously you screw it on where it stops on you you thread on your new muzzle and then you you adjust the rotation until it um is obviously sitting um flat uh, when your rifle is level so yes i think that is a cool option but i don't have a lot of experience with it yet i know aim sport do one yeah and we are meant to be getting in another kind it's funny enough south african um type soon uh, that's meant to be coming into new zealand but uh, whether that happens i don't know but but for the meantime i'll just yeah i like running a suppressor yep um being that my rifle is not particularly light uh, the recoil is perfectly fine um and it still stops that muzzle rise to a certain extent okay but you you run you run a noisy bloody muzzle brake on your precision gun Yes, because it's the factory rifle and I left it the factory way. <laughs> and I will not change it. I might. It's you know. funny because you suppress every other gun. I know, I know. 
Like literally every other gun you have has got a suppressor on it. And I've seen about three of them. Apart from the three three, three. Of them, three of them now with suppressors on. I think, oh, I should really. But anyway. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, yeah, I don't mind it. Keeps people away. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, and, it's, and it works well. So there's, there's no... And to be honest, we, we, you're competing. You're wearing ear, hearing protection regardless of what you're shooting. Correct. Uh, suppressed or unsuppressed. So... It's only really an issue for the guys around you, so yeah, who cares? Um, they just make sh- get some electronic earmuffs and be done. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so uh, you can go either way there, and you're not going to um, bust uh, bust the budget on a suppressor or a muzzle brake. They're all reasonably priced. Um, and then, like I said, obviously a rail. Just get whatever rail you want. It's, it's not the end of the world. Um, I, I use a lot of MDT rails, uh, yeah. EWG rails i've used worn rails night force rails uh they all work exactly the same now some have a recoil lug in them which is nice um it stops the, the rail sh- shearing off and smacking in the head like what happened to me many years ago so that's because you were tinkering, um, tinkering with it too much ground should have been just left. yeah i should have left it in fact i actually did tinker with that gun a lot and didn't know what i was doing but uh, <laughs> you're just learning. yeah you're just learning i've still got a scar on my head from it yeah oh. but um yeah, so re- really, like, uh, like I said, the idea was so considerations on what's going to work for you and what's going to work for competition. So yep. one thing that I neglected for years and I'd always sort of remember on the day was a sling. And a, I like a semi sort of tactical style sling that runs QD, but uh, sorry, quick detach. But a standard hunting sling will be fine. Um, so where it comes in handy, obviously you've got to hike your rifle around all day, so it's nice to be able to comfortably sling it on the shoulder but um if you're in sort of a unsupported stage be it standing or sitting or kneeling um if you if you're practiced with it having that sling wrapped around your arm or or over the shoulder and back through the rifle can really stabilize your position increase your um yeah percentage that's why i think you're verging on cheating there graham using a sling yep <laughs> is it because you're not using one it's because i don't use one <laughs> do, you want, do, you, do you want me to give you one I've got a no 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 um I yeah I just think well in a practical situation I'm not going to twist the sling around my arm so I wouldn't do it in a competition so well that, well that's the thing though too but a lot of people do hunt with a sling yeah true true yeah. like most I don't I'm not particularly well practiced in it but just I, I do the wrap it and shoot my and stop, stop shooting standing up and you felt <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but yeah a sling is definitely a big advantage um in, in several ways uh, albeit I have had it get in the way sometimes um. So it is nice to have that quick detach option. So then you can again, just... that's coming from the guy who's got a Jim Shockey trigger stick gen. That is true. That two, is true. Yeah, yeah. And shoot off yeah. that all the time. A tripod. A yeah. self-deploying tripod thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you are a hypocrite. I am. I am. Yeah. Oh, just the sling. Um, yeah, slings often are, with chassis, they can be a bit niggly to muck around and get the position well. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? On a normal gun, yep. normal rifle, it's just, you know, it's there at the front and the back. It's fine. But then you got your side mounting and you got, you got to probably put some M-lock attachment up the front to hook it yes. into. And, so it's just... So that is one bugbear. Of, we get all these chassis and options and they're a grand or two grand yeah. or whatever. And then you're crawling and through they don't, the... They don't have a bloody QD mount on the front. They'll have it on the rear, on yeah. the buttstock. Yeah. But they won't have it on the front. Now, I imagine it's like you say, it's so you can put it where you want it. Mm. But 
they don't come with one. No. So you've got to buy, go buy an M-Lock uh, that you can attach to whatever mounting system. Yeah. Be it um, whatever. Um, QD, sorry, that's an M-Lock. And then you've got to go pay $20. And now that it's a gun part, it's going to get a bloody police mail order form. So they should just come with one. But anyway, they don't. Um, so I've had to go and buy them. But you can ch- now there's one beauty of like the modern chassis is you can generally put it where you want it so you can like you say play around see what suits you yeah and um get on from there that's where i haven't so pl- I, I think I haven't, that covers yeah I haven't, I haven't played around with enough to work out of an ideal position where i don't think it's being a pain and you know on my taker especially i just find it annoying when i'm <clears throat> using it with this the sling on it it's a good sling does it have a, a factory qd in the front or is it a, a bolt on one no it's a bolt on one I bought a yeah. couple, so I've got them. So, um, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, if I was carrying it a long way, that'd be great. But I don't. So, I mean, I'm. <laughs> you know, you, where you go to the last shoot was you walk up a ridge. You know, it's probably half an hour's walk is it, the most. Yeah, Twenty that, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a big yeah. issue, but and even yeah. then, yeah. Okay. Slings done. All right, but I mean that sort of covers off most of the components. Oh, one thing we can talk about with the bigger budget would be uh, upgrading your bipod. Yeah. Now, if you can afford it, I hundred percent recommend running a more modern bipod system. Uh, like I said, the Atlas Agitech. Yeah, but I mean Harris's. I said they can when you're shooting and if you get off angle, they can twist. No, throw the most Harris Harris's no, are no. naturally Useless. twisted anyway. So, <laughs> so you're starting with a twisted system and then minimum run a pod lock on it yeah. and maybe some spikes if you're in the field but if you've got the budget like i said bugger it off uh, this then this is just my opinion uh, i run an Acutac. uh it's getting there is more high-tech options now um and now if you can afford it i'd be going with the um, mdt skypod or the grs um grs bipod uh the difference being between the two i think the the MDT would be more suited for practical, um, yeah, fast-paced precision shooting. Whereas the GRS, it's a beast, but it's a little bit slower to deploy. Um, so I think that'd be more suitable for the um, long-range prone style shooting, where you need that sort of adjustability. And not saying GRS won't work, um, and it's nice because you can it's spigot mounted, so you can remove it from the firearm very quickly. Yeah. So if you half a stage requires it and another half doesn't, you just take it off, throw it on the ground. Uh, like I said, then you've got the um, uh, the Atlas and yeah, the Akitax. But uh, so the Atlas you have and the Akitax I have, they're the oldest style of um, that they mount underneath the forearm and the apex sits underneath the barrel. Yeah. Now most things now we run it so the apex is above the barrel. So if you drew an imaginary line from the top of the two legs, it would it would meet above the barrel. Uh, ours don't so that puts your center of gravity high uh, and it can just be helpful to have it um oh, you're getting, below the... getting all technical now Graham. And, no it is but it, but you'll notice all the all the newer models from from atlas and akitak and mdt and everyone it's getting that that center of gravity um above the barrel it's just it's just a really helpful i'm um, going to stick with but, my f- just good light. oh no i forgot what you run the Go magpul on. It's got great controls. Nice. It's floppy and loose and and soft. It's like shooting off a waterbed, and you just you're always relaxed, and that's why it yeah. goes so well. And um, I always say you need to move that thing on, and then yeah. he constantly beats me. So competition. 
Yeah, it's, it must it's like, be a paradox of our times. That actually, yeah. So the mag, the Magpul did win the practical class at Tirada. It did, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Golly gosh! But yeah, I mean, hey, that's a. I would have put that in the sort of um the more budget conscious option, the uh, the Magpul. But yeah, um, that's it's an option. Three hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, um, but joking aside, the controls are good, but I mean they are a bit loose. That's all. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess they were styled for the AR-15 platform. I mean, rest rip to that, but we can't shoot those anymore. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's those light. The beauty of it is it's reasonably lightweight too. So if you've got to um, move a lot, uh, yeah, definitely an advantage. You know, the the GRS bipods probably weighs five times what that is off the top of my head. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's application dependent, I guess, but. But if I if I was spending the money, I, I would pick something a bit more high end than the Magpul. Okay, it's just that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> you're, you're just getting a pathological hatred for it, right? I mean, it's, you know, no, no, I, I have sh- I've shot it and it works, but it's just um, it's yeah, fine. I think it's fine. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> now, one thing I should say too is just because you like the perfect example, right? I'm running a bipod that costs three times as much. It's far more stable, but Mark still beat me. So you can buy all this gear, you can buy the best scope, the best gun, the best ammo, which I mean, we'll touch on ammo before we wrap up. But if, if you don't apply the fundamentals and you don't have your head in the game and your dope sorted, pretty much if you do the things I've been doing lately, you're still going to not do well, right? So you've, you've still got to shoot the gun. So that rifle's pointing, going to shoot exactly where you point it. So you need to know what's going on and and if you haven't got your shit sorted it's not going to happen so like i said um i've seen a setup recently an extremely expensive setup and like mental expensive and uh you know it's a sort of last place score and i'm not talking about me but that is what i do anyway but um so yeah you've got to practice you've got to get familiar with your gear i know it's not that simple in the big cities um but you know you've yeah, you got to get out and shoot the things and, and like yeah. get up your belly and, and and do all this sort of thing. Otherwise, you can spend ten grand or fifteen grand, and you can still be a ten dollar shooter. So, and do you know at the start of that project, you're thinking to yourself, "I'm going to build the ideal perfect gun, which I'll never need to change again." But as soon as you finish, you go, "Hmm, I can get a slightly better this or that." <laughs> Before you know it, you're like, "God, I hate that gun." which I'd never yeah. built it um, <clears throat> after spending well, 18 grand. The thing, like, it's an interesting point, though. Um, the sort of, the headspace yeah. you can get in with a, when you hit your target, right? So I shot my um, 6mm Creedmoor on day one at Tirada. Mm. Didn't do particularly good. Ended up 10th, I think. I, I might have even got, no, it was 7th, I got pushed to 10th by the day two. Um, take and I come away going, oh, this freaking gun you know but it wasn't it was, it was me it was me doing things wrong it was me not being ready and um uh, also getting in my own head sort of expecting great results and and not performing and just going downhill uh, but that's a separate topic um but come out of it oh this bloody gun bloody gun bloody gun next day get my my bagara out you know it's a remington 700 footprint 65 creedmoor we chuck the scope on we emergency organize some ammo um next day i shoot lights out you know i post an incredible score incredibly good for me with the day's practice come on 
<laughs> yeah, days practice. No, but like, so the score didn't count because no, I already no. shot. They but four, uh, you but shot it, shot me well with the old. Yeah, it was a it was a like a podium score. Yeah, but it did, obviously it didn't count. But that's fine. But then I come away with it going, oh man, this gun, it's great. It's what are you? I love it. It's rah, 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 rah. But the more I think about it, it's it's not that. It's just there was no pressure on me. I shot a lot better, and so I'm thinking, man, this it's the gun. I'm Right around, obviously this gun yesterday, I, the six mils, it's, it's, it's fucked me up. But no, not really. It's me missing the target. It's, like I said, me not doing my end of the deal correctly is what was missing. So, um, but because I'd hit the targets with the Bagara and had a better day, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, it's a better gun, it's a better gun, where it's not. It's just, um, I had a good day with it. It's the same you go hunting. You could have a, a gun that shoots like a bag of wieners you know but you shoot five deer inside 100 meters you're going oh this this old 270 it's great it's the best thing ever but really you think oh it was actually it just happened to get lucky and find five deer close um you probably could have done it with most systems yeah uh so having but having that confidence in your your system uh is paramount now when i shot the other day in um ashurst I, I buggered up a bunch of stages at the start and I sort of uh, mental errors, etc. <laughs> common three. But I, I pulled it back in. Start. Yeah, a yeah, normal start for me this last year. But I got my sort of head squared away, you know, I'm, and I wasn't blaming the gun. The gun was sh- shooting awesome, you know. I'd break the trigger and I'd know the shot would be off or left or high or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of pulled it back in and had a bit of a, my last three or four stages, I, I managed to pull a bunch of points back. But, um, like you, that that point though that being confident in that system but but also not you know if it works it works it works and then it doesn't unless there's like a mechanical failure like um you, your barrel's buggered or your scope fails um it's generally what you're doing what is letting you down yeah unless you, you're doing you know loaded something wrong or... one point i will make is that i think uh certain guns fit you well and yep. you got to be not afraid to pull it apart and reset it up again in terms of scope positioning and everything because you can make early decisions and have it not quite shooting comfortably for you so if you know what i mean yeah no 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 um and you leave it that way and go oh no it's right it's fine but then you find at different you know if you're not shooting prone other positions it can be just not as comfortable and you may not realize it sort of thing not so a couple points on that so i'm people assume i'm a expert at all this stuff i'm not i'm just a guy who no we don't got... we don't assume you're an expert <laughs> <laughs> oh you yeah, people seem to think i am but you know oh, like so yeah, whatever <clears throat> about a about a year and a half ago I, I was mucking around and simon was giving me some positional advice oh he knows nothing we're just we're just sitting <laughs> yeah it's nothing we're just sitting down <laughs> sorry, on the concrete no. just going <clears throat> over it please let me back in the competition Simon. sorry <laughs> and unbeknown to me my scope so when i'd lift my head up to shoot i'd put my head on the stock where it's comfy, and then I'd shuffle it forward. Yeah. To get a perfect sight picture. I didn't even know I was doing it. Moving it forward three or four mil. Yeah. <clears throat> He's watching me. He's like, oh, you need, you know, da da da, adjust the scope. So we just go, oh, look at that. You just get up straight away, bang, it's on target, you know? Perfect. But I didn't even realize I was doing it. No, that's exactly right. And, and I'm meant to be reasonably experienced. Meant to be. Uh, and then, same thing. Uh, last time we were shooting up on the hill at your place when we had the great uh, target on the the top of the hill incident um uh i had my now the mdt uh 
ACC chassis got a, quite an adjustable butt pad, so I had the height quite high on it, which was incredibly comfy for prone shooting. Now, I'm thinking, wicked, this is cool. We went into the um, a supported positional off the barricade on top of the hill. Yeah. And what it would do is it would it was um, I was struggling to get a good um, sort of uh, shoulder pocket sort of grip on the rifle. I've minced those words, but. Uh, and then Simon, he just, you know, he just points out, he's like, you've got your, your thing too high. It's, he's like, I bet it'll be perfect and prone. Yeah, it is. But as soon as you go into that positional shot, which is common for us, it, it was um, it was turning turning to custard. So I had to find a happy medium between the two, you know, and, and see what works best for both rather than one having a huge advantage and then the other one being yeah a disaster. So, yeah, getting that rifle set up... Uh, length of pull I mean that's it's a bit you, easier if yeah. you've got long arms but no, no, that's yeah. where you find something like Savage's AccuFit system is not a gimmick it's actually quite um, forward thinking having coming with the rifle different cheek heights and spaces to change the length of pull so it's um, yeah I, I like those that stock on your Savage yeah yeah it's comfy. I like it. It's just yeah, like we said earlier, it's the mag that lets the, the whole system down. But um, <laughs> don't go back there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like you say, it's getting that set up, um, and also getting your. Uh, I spent some time working with my wife with her new sort of setup the other day, and just getting that that cheek height correct. Yeah. Um. You know. Oh yeah. That's oh that's better. That's better. That's better. No worse. Um, because it's hard for her to explain what she's seeing. You know, we can get behind the gun, and I think it looks alright, but actually she's having to crane her neck and do this and that so it can help if you've got someone with a little bit of experience um to be honest they don't even have to be that experienced they've just got to watch and just look as how awkward it looks and yeah um i try and have a bit of a uh i don't want my cheek weld too sort of pushed down and my head twisted i want my um my face sort of not vertical but sort of getting vertical so i have my cheek weld underneath right under the cheek towards sort of halfway down my jaw um and i find that just lines me up a bit better um but a lot of guys you'll see them they'll still be sort of harping on about having the scope as low as possible and so they'll be having to twist their neck a lot yeah to get that um to get that clear sight picture and you know that's that's straining your neck and then your eyes are going to go and you're going to fatigue quickly so it's not so bad maybe you're doing one or two shots a day but if you're doing 100 um yeah, yeah it's, it's important uh, again, I'm no expert. I've got so much to learn in this area, but it's um, it's definitely something people should look at. You're not an ergonomicist. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, but and that is the beauty of some of these the the chassis, though all the crossover systems they have uh, ways of adjusting length of pull, cheek height. Some of them you can swap grips out, and um, ho- hopefully sort out some of these issues. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think we've uh, chewed through that. I can, I can just finish it off um, yeah. and just and just get 6.5 Creedmoor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ammunition. No, no. So the one issue, so one thing I've been working on lately is... Well, um, the budget didn't include ammunition. The, no, you no. You to borrow some from someone. Like I do from you. Get but correct. so obviously setting, the one consideration, especially this year, is ammunition, right? So yeah. uh, I'm helping someone put together a, 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 a package in like the three and a half grand range. So a little bit more, a little bit less. Than Ooh, the fancy top, pants! Yeah. Now, if this is, now some people might berate me for this, but 
obviously even like you know the 308, good 308 you've gone 308 no, haven't you no well, it's a small frame oh. female so I don't think it's appropriate T- people is that, go, oh, just, is that how just... you describe 308 no the shooter oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the small but, but I mean, she, of, of even though she's she's now this isn't this isn't my wife I'm talking about. She shoots a six millimeter oh. Creedmoor um, and a two sixty. But this is your mistress. now this lady's no 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 God don't start that because they'll probably always listen to this. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but she's she is very strong. She's she's very fit. So there's a two sides of the coin there. But I'm because of the shortages of everything. That are, that are precision orientated. One area that hasn't got a shortage is two, four, three. And now we we we've gone to this heavy, heavy, heavy bullets. The the biggest we can run, the best BC, etc. But I've been considering, and if she doesn't go down this route, I might even do it just as a bit of an experiment. Hundred Yeah, or a ninety-five or a mm. ninety. Mm. Bring up that speed a little bit. There's heaps of good bullets yeah. with good BCs. It's back. Um, it's back. Two, four, three's back. Wow. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. It's just an idea I've been having. You can get varmint barrel options. Get them in whatever stock you want, because it obviously doesn't matter. We'll call it six, four, three. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, to be honest, uh, it's something I might do. I might just get a barrel action and chuck it in one of my stocks or, or chassis and just have a play, because, um, you know, this with what's going on overseas, sort of causing the issues in our supply of projectiles and stuff, I can I could probably go out and buy a thousand or two thousand um, ninety grain ELDMs at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Magnum Sports today, my local retailer. He's got a whole heap. He's got Hornaday on the shelf. He's got um, all sorts of different sort of loads, hunting, and then obviously some sort of more precision stuff up in that 90, 90 95 grain predictor range. Um, and if you hand load it, you could potentially push that velocity up to just under thirty two hundred feet per second. Which will offset some of your um, slightly lower BCs you're going to have. You know what's going to happen now, though, do you? It's all going to go due to the popularity the... of the podcast. Well, we are It'll the fly... 37th most popular New Zealand sports podcast. Two, four, three is going to fly off the shelves. People are going to empty the shops, and you'll well, be, you have to pick something else like a seven below eight. Well, this this podcast will get about 400 downloads. Right? Oh, okay, right. So, so as long as. Not too many of our um, <laughs> of our of our fan base. I'm doing quotation marks. But if they're listening base. in groups of a hundred, no more than a hundred. Oh, that's true. What if it's four hundred downloads? What if it's four hundred times a hundred? Exactly. That's it. I mean, we could be. Uh, oh man, we we could be shortchanging ourselves. Don't you have um, podcast listening parties? <clears throat> maybe, maybe. Well, we didn't get to thirty seventh most popular podcast by bloody sitting on our hands, did we? No, so, we didn't. Um, but no, it's just something to consider, like. Um, I'm definitely guilty of it as pushing to these newer things, these heavier bullets. Yeah. Um, but my thinking, it goes around in circles, right? We talked about going with previous with back to muzzle, speed, muzzle brakes, muzzle brakes. Now we're going back to suppressors, which we always had, right? Um, so yeah, so like there's, there's people I know, they're like, oh, we'll run the super, super heavy bullet. Look at this BC, look at this BC, but they're running it in a cartridge that can't send it at its intended velocity. So when you read your reloading manual, it'll say this, this BC is applicable at Mark 2.8 or 3,000 feet per second or whatever. So, okay, if you've got this massive bullet, like a, a 308 shooting a 212 grain or a 208 grain at like 2,300 feet per second, it does not have that BC that you think it has, right? Now, your app's already working this out for you, so don't worry. Yeah. 
but like you're like man look at this pc it's it's awesome but but it's too freaking slow so yeah now shooting creed more 65 creed more with a 140 no it's that's that's a good mid-weight range but you can go back to 130 yeah a bit more velocity yeah makes up for that bc you can yeah. go back to a 123 and now you're replicating a six millimeter creed more kind of you know what i mean you've got a yeah. good bc ish yeah, yeah. but you can push it at like three thousand three two feet per second well maybe not three two three one but possibly i I've, I've, i did some testing i had them pretty consistent and yeah. pretty accurate at three thousand out of a 26 inch barrel um so going back to the 243 oh you're um, talking about um loads that aren't gonna blow primers yeah so. yes yeah, yeah no no i'm not i'm not talking about, like keeping it safe um <laughs> so but but that 243 all of a sudden this, this is just the last few days and yeah. obviously like simon will listen to this and he'll be going of course graham you should know this because he's a big fan of 243 i know that but um well, it's reason, probably reason to go the other way <coughs> <laughs> yeah yeah be, be different but it's but we're, we're yeah we, we've got to forget the idea of a bullet is to make it go fast no, no. in most cases i'm excluding obviously subsonic stuff but um it's something you might see um Maybe, like we touched earlier, there's a new website in the works. Maybe it'll be a, a big article on that. Is the, yeah. uh, whether, whether we can, because obviously we're lucky enough that we can test all this out at, up at your place or at my range ain't quite as um, good yeah. as yours, but I've still got, I'm pretty lucky. We can test it out. We can do some mock stages. We can test it in the wind. We can see what it shoots out to like 1,200 meters. Or, and, and, and we can directly compare say my six millimeter creedmoor which is obviously it's ballistically it's pretty good with a 108 to like a 90 grain maybe going a little bit faster yeah and just directly compare wind drift elevation um etc and again obviously that 90 grain is not going to hit the target as hard but we run flash indicators at distance um yeah it's just something i've been thinking about so i've sort of diverged a little bit off topic but no, no. But choosing that caliber, six five Creedmoor is hard at the moment, man. You know that. Um, not everyone's got nine hundred rounds of ammo like you. Um, <laughs> that their friend keeps fucking using all of. Um, six got, mil. I've got, I've had I've to got quite a bit here. Oh no, now I've got half of what I have. Oh fuck, Graham shot. Graham shot three hundred <laughs> rounds of it or something. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, six mil. I'm struggling to get the projectiles I like. Yeah. Um, now there are options in Burger and, and stuff I could develop a new load, but. Uh, yeah, so three oh eight plus heaps um, of factory ammo. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, three oh eight with you know the one sixty eight. So I like are hard to get. The one seventy eight is hard to get. The one seventy five series are hard to get. So yeah, so just maybe there is a few other options now. In a year, the the projectile thing could be fine. We could it could be six months. It could be three months. We don't know. It's probably not. But and then maybe go, man, why the frick am I fucking around with this two four three? But, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll still be able to get the damage done with it, especially in the medium range events. Yeah. Out to, say, 600 metres, uh, 243 will be fine, um, I think. That'd be great. Done it. Yeah. yeah, I think it will be. So, actually, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to sort a barreled action out, um, and you'll probably see something happen in the next six months to go along with all the other projects I'm trying to do. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Right I think any other comments, Mark? No, no, the, that's uh, um, the week. It's good. Any we'll see everyone feedback, again. Send us. We actually had a really nice comment on our Facebook page, didn't we? Oh, that we weren't just um, our number talk, one fan talking about said that we're the uh, 
we should be the 17th most popular podcast in New Zealand. <laughs> he said we reckons we're that good. Um, he just thought we were being realistic, talking about not shitting so well, rather than just talking about that was shitting a one inch. That was a thousand nightmare. yards. Yeah, yeah. On the desert road. <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> Don't. They've just sent me heaps of projectiles. Excellent. <laughs> no, no. Um, but that, that is a good point, though. Um, I think one of the ideas, especially with 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 the podcast, uh, and I try to on the Facebook page, and uh, there will be some sort of opinion pieces on the website. Is <clears throat> some reality to the situations. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a few videos lately. I filmed one with the um, my two two three the other day, thinking it's four hundred meters, a little bit windy. I'm gonna, I was like, oh, I'll just do a five shot group. It'll be all hits. Missed the first shot. All right, sweet. So I want film feedback it. on Karen. Film the next one. Missed a few shots. Right. Film the last one at six hundred. I missed all the shots. But it's a video I put together. I'll put out. Yeah. With hopefully that idea of being a bit more transparent on what goes on rather than just editing it all up to make us look like superstars right right um, I want feedback for the next podcast and we'll have like a survivor type series who gets voted off me, me or you <clears throat> so I mean of this one person well, you host the podcast but I edit the podcast so either way it'll, it'll oh, our poor quality will go even lower okay um, oh, fair enough being that we're a team well we'll have to get an extra we need our <clears throat> our guest list is I, very I, I long, have been thinking about this I have been thinking. No, I have. I'm going to do a, a, a military surplus podcast with oh, yeah. Hamish from NZ. Now, this is a bit more targeted, so it's probably not going to appeal to a lot of people. <laughs> Good part. But, but, <laughs> but we want to do it. I'm going to try get Ian from Hardy on. Um, yeah. I thought that'd be quite good. Uh, Simon is going to do one. I've just got a sort of time, which would be quite cool because Simon doesn't go on anybody's stuff. So we're privileged there. Ooh, um, I'll be on best behavior. Yeah, we'll probably probably not have you on that one. You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll get us in trouble. No, no, but we'll do that. I think we've talked about this for a long time, but the idea was he's going to do a bit of shooting with us, going yep. over fundamentals. Yeah. Then we're going to talk about it, the issues we need to work on, what everyone needs to work on. Um, maybe he's got a, he helps us out a lot with our comps, man, like heaps. So yeah. Um, some of the pitfalls and setting up a competition, maybe. So that'll be a fun one in the future um, but yeah so we will diversify from just me and Mark um, talking about shooting goats but um, yeah uh, on the plus side I mean we're wrapping up now I'll, I'll stop yarning but we have kept a reasonably steady flow of podcasts so far this year yeah we'll talk to you after the RTD one probably just about yes that'll be good um, yes so in a, for, in a fortnight we would have the RTD um, long range challenge is going ahead and it's our biggest event yet so we're going to be flat out like a lizard drinking yeah um, yeah, so I guess yeah, I guess we can wrap it up there. We'll report back in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. See you later, everyone. Yeah, get out and shoot and have some fun. Cheers.